Today's episode is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, leaders in 1987 to 2018 Wrangler parts and accessories. Extreme Terrain provides top-tier expertise and customer support from genuine Wrangler experts. Stay tuned later in this episode to hear a little bit more about their October Throttle Out episode titled The Jeep Off-Roading Recovery Gear and Techniques You Need to Know. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, you got a Jeep? Want a Jeep? Never driven anything but Jeeps? Well, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Hey, Josh, do you ever feel hmm. left out with all the attention the South and East of the United States is getting with all this hot hurricane uh, action that's going on? Well, you know, living here in the lovely Pacific Northwest, I am a foremost expert on rainfall. Um, so, <laughs> no, we get plenty of rain here. Tammy, did you guys get any of that rain over there in Maryland? Well, Josh, not directly from Hurricane Michael, but we had another system come through here. We're just a little bit north of it. And all I can say is I just I hope we keep getting <laughs> all this precipitation this winter. I hope it keeps coming because you know what that means in the Northeast. Snow. Um, hey, Tony, what's coming up on this episode? Well, well, Tammy, as always, I'm glad you asked that. And I'll just mention real quick, you, you haven't tried out those tires and snow yet, have you? I have not. <laughs> there hasn't been enough good snow. Well, Tammy, uh, tonight uh, we have uh, Mike Heath with True Patriot Inc. Uh, you know, we uh, we inter- interviewed him back on episode 347, I believe it was. Uh, on this week in Jeep, uh, if you know how to weld, Jeep may have a job for you. Mm. <laughs> Wrangler uh, in Wrangler Talk, Tammy shares some off-road driving basics, and it's a it's it's a five thing, isn't it, Tammy? Tell me the truth. Tony, it's always five. Top things. five, yeah, yeah. Top five. Ah, uh, well, I still, I still wish you'd do the f- top ten thing. And uh, Nikki G is kind of going to do the uh, the man in the street, but I think this is going to be man uh, in Walmart. Uh, this this won't end well. We we know right off the bat. Uh-huh. And of course, much much more. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. And this weekend Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Hey, are you looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear, have gotten any benefit from what we do here, well, then please consider giving back. And thanks in advance. Well, if you own a 2018 or 2019 Jeep Wrangler, get ready for a recall. (laughs) According to online documents posted this week, Fiat Chrysler will soon be launching a recall that covers certain 2018 and 2019 Wranglers because of a faulty weld in the frame that can cause a sudden crash. Yeah. More specifically, the document states some of the vehicles may have been built with a, quote, front bar bracket weld located off the seam, potentially resulting in the bracket separating from the frame. If that happens, there may be a significant reduction in steering response, resulting in a crash without warning. Now, at the time of this story, vehicle owners have not yet been notified, and the recall has not yet been made official on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website. But the posted documents show dealerships are aware of the impending recall. Some of the vehicles involved in the recall have actually not even been sold yet, 
So that's kind of a good thing. But dealerships are being told to withhold sales of some of their stock units until the, un uh, until the issues can be identified and fixed. Jeep Wrangler owners affected by the recall will be notified by the end of the year. I know it doesn't seem like much of a comfort when at any time the issue could happen. At the end of the and the end of the year is still a couple months away. And what's even more unsettling is that it's not yet clear how the vehicles will be fixed. According to CNET, Fiat Chrysler has confirmed the recall and says the number of affected vehicles is quote not big and that no accidents or injuries have been reported so far. Thankfully, now, although official word of the recall is yet to come, the 2018 Wrangler page on the NHTSA's website does have numerous complaints regarding steering problems. The page also has five of the recalls listed for the 2018 model, including issues with the voltage regulator, steering shaft, and cruise control. There's also a recall involving incorrect installation of transmission park rods and possible corrosion of the left rear frame section. And we've, of course, talked about all of those before in the past as well. All five recalls state increased risk of crash, so you should be aware. Do you or somebody you know have a 2018 or 2019 Jeep Wrangler? If so, there's not a whole lot you can do immediately until the notice goes out, as the dealerships still don't have a solution to provide you even if you brought it in today. So, in the meantime, be sure to keep up to date with the Jeep Talk Show for more information in the coming months regarding this recall. Now, Josh, I thought the kids liked Flex and their Wranglers, and well, uh, this, this certainly would be... <laughs> You know, kind of like a child acting out, not the kind of attention that you want, really. So, uh, yeah, this is not the kind of flex that you want. And in fact, this is uh, this is going to be something that imagine imagine if you will uh, something like your steering box uh, just coming off of the frame, or uh, your track bar suddenly shearing off of the frame. Something that's going to keep that axle where it's supposed to be, making your 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 steering responsive. Uh, this sort of uh, failure can uh, duplicate those kinds of instances and and reduce a or basically reduce your Jeep into an unsteering automobile careening down the freeway or the mountain. Uh, as you can tell, that would probably uh, ruin your day. So yeah. uh, I think you've you've stated this numerous times in a, a, in a very entertaining way. It, it, what is it that you always say that this could possibly? Oh, it could kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Well, with all the press and attention surrounding the upcoming Jeep pickup release and the success of the redesigned 2018 Wrangler, despite a few recalls, the little Jeep that could has more or less slipped through the cracks. That is until this week, when we got the lowdown on what the U.S. can expect from the refreshed cute ute. The Jeep Renegade hit the scene in 2015 with mixed reviews. Over the last few years, however, the mini Jeep has proven itself both off-road as well as in the hearts of many new Jeep owners and soccer moms alike. Now, the smallest Jeep dubbed the cute ute has also proved itself in sales numbers, granting it a makeover for the next model year. New for 2019 is a smaller 1.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine that makes 177 horsepower and 200 feet, uh, feet pound of torque. Now, don't let the numbers fool you. This new 1.3-liter boosted four is actually more powerful than the outgoing 160-horsepower 1.4-liter. This engine will be standard on Limited and Trailhawk models, but will be an option on the Sport and Latitude models. Those cheaper trims will get the 2.4-liter naturally aspirated four-cylinder engine standard carried over from previous model years. Now, if you like the idea of having the 1.3-liter, it'll come with stop-start tech as well to help save fuel, a little bit of fuel at the pump. Now, regardless of engine choice, you'll be getting a nine-speed automatic transmission because apparently the millennials are taking over the planet, and because they can't drive a <laughs> stick shift, the existing six-speed manual is getting locked in the closet never to be seen for 2019. 
The new Renegade also gets new front and rear fascias, plus new rear new wheel designs to differentiate it from 2018. You can even get the 19-inch wheels on Latitude and Limited trim models. Uh, that should be pretty cool. And an available full LED lighting package brings LED headlights, daytime running lights, fog lamps, and tail lights all into the mix, and even driver assistance features including adaptive cruise control, parallel and perpendicular park assist, and front parking sensors are all optional as well. A whole suite of technology there for you. One of the other big stories coming out over the new Renegade is a new line of colors coming out from Jeep. Now, there aren't any pictures of the new colors yet, and it's borderline just rumors at this point, but you can get, according to uh, the documents, a new slate blue, sting gray, and bikini paint on your Renegade. Interesting name choice on that last one, huh, guys? I'm curious to see if it will have polka dots or not. Hmm? <laughs> now, of course, the Renegade will be offered in both front-wheel and four-wheel drive, with the track, or, I'm sorry, the Trailhawk being the most capable of the bunch off-road. Now, Jeep hasn't officially released the fuel economy numbers for the new 1.3-liter turbo, but it says the smaller engine and active grill shutters, which sound pretty cool, should yield an improvement over 2018's numbers. Pricing and availability remain a mystery as well, but we don't imagine it'll be much longer until that information is available as well. You know, uh, it's interesting with this story about the uh, the Renegade because I had a situation coming home from work today. Uh, I was driving uh, driving down the freeway and uh, it multi lane, a lot of a lot of uh, in and out people driving, mm-hmm. you know, changing sure. lanes and stuff. Uh, gosh, I, I think it's like six lanes that I that I get oh, on wow. there. Yeah, it's really big. And, uh, but man, all of a sudden, uh, one of my, uh, best Speeding I could des- renegade on the shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> best I could describe it is, is that the, uh, my, uh, my lifted, uh, Jeep Cherokee with, uh, the mud terrain tires, that something got caught in one of the, the front, front tires, like maybe something in the lugs. So, like I, so I pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pulled over to the side and I had a renegade was lodged in between two of the <laughs> two of the lugs on the mud terrain. Uh, I'd get a little toothpick so, and pull that guy out. And- uh, no, it was actually a uh, one of those extra long screwdrivers I happened to have with me, and I was able to pop it right out. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was good. Uh, occupants were fine. Uh, I, I, I think the renegade was fine. I really couldn't tell the difference. Now you know I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of friends who are wheelers. And they wheel, you know, their big Rubicons or their Wranglers or whatever they have. But for their daily drivers, they drive Renegades. And Uh, they love them. You know, uh, it's funny you mention that, Tammy, because in sixth grade, uh, my science teacher was Mr. Wheeler. I think it was a a sign of things to come. Josh, you want to tell people about if they have a writing was on the wall. (laughs) Seriously, it was. He He was a great science teacher. <laughs> well, if you guys have a news tip or want to talk about your science teacher, if you have a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Hey, and coming up later in the show, we got an interview with Mike Heath from True Patriot. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, coming up in Tech Talk, uh, moving thir- further down the line, we get a little deeper into power steering systems in our Jeeps. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. And the next time you go online, just head over to your browser right now and type in 4x4 
radionetwork.com. What that's going to do is going to take you over to the one-stop shop for all your off-road audio needs. Hey, you're into off-road, you're into the outdoors, we got something for everybody over at the 4x4 Radio Network. Yeah, even your non-Jeep buddies too, we got something for them. Uh, we, got the, we got the 4x4 podcast there, the Center Steer podcast, Trail Chasers podcast is on the 4x4 Radio Network, and even the On the Trail podcast is there. Everything there for just about everybody. It's all great audio and it's all free. Head over to 4x4radionetwork.com today. Hey guys, it's Dave from Oregon. Uh, calling you from my Jeep, heading to Costco to buy my wife a three to four pound pot roast. I gotta keep repeating that over and over again so I don't forget. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to get. Um, anyway, I was listening to the most recent podcast. You guys are talking about the battery fires and some of the battery for the start stop. <laughs> I'm not sure that these fires are, are from that battery. Um, it's my understanding that they were mild hybrid. I think they call them e-torque or something. Um, and I believe that there's a bigger, like maybe a 48-volt battery that's underneath the passenger seat. And my understanding that the ones that were catching on fire were the passenger, the ones that are the 48-volt battery under the passenger seat. Um, and my, I kind of found out about the second battery for the start stop when my father-in-law got a Grand Cherokee with it, and it does, it does, like you said, have a little battery that supplies power for the accessories when the engine shuts off. Um, but that looks almost like a motorcycle battery, and it's underneath the main one. I think all Jeep Wranglers with start stop have that, but I believe the e-torque or whatever that mild hybrid is called has that bigger battery that lives underneath the passenger seat. And it was my belief that those fires were something to do with that and that the fix was to wrap them in some kind of cloth or better insulate them. Anyway, um, just thought, thought I'd pass that along to you guys. Uh, otherwise, love the show. As always, thanks. Because wrapping in oily rags was found to be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably, you know, soaking that in gasoline first. No, probably not a good idea. No, thanks, Dave, for uh, for the insight there. And, you know, as always, you know, we uh, only have uh, so many channels of information coming into the show and uh, and I don't always know everything. Uh, so it's good to good to hear from other sources and, and other perspectives on, uh, on a problem that we have reported on in the past. Absolutely. And, uh, Dave, we want to offer you a, uh, a very elusive uh, <laughs> cheap talk show sticker. And I say that because uh, the stickers we promised have uh, still not gone out yet, but we'll be... <gasps> Be doing very soon. Oh, I'm I'm horrible at sending things out. Just I'm horrible at it. Well, you should send them to me, and then I'll send them out. I would, Tammy, but that that's <laughs> also sending them out. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, back when I first put my tires of my Jeep on those rocky gravel roads, I wish I would have had a little basic background knowledge of off-roading. You know, at the time, I didn't even realize how intense off-roading could be or even what it was really about. You know, I just thought it was like driving along a gravel road with some mud thrown in here or there. So I thought I would share some off-roading basics. And some of these I wish I knew before I went off-road. And I want to clarify to everyone that I have attended several off-roading classes. I have been on the trails with four different trained and certified teachers, now friends. And these certifications is through the International Four-Wheel Drive Trainers Association. 
And as you know, I've taken three off-roading, off-road driving classes, plus some recovery training classes at various events at Roush Creek and Anthracite Area Off-Road Adventure, which is AOAA, which I'm sure people have heard that. With Kyle from Off-Road Consulting in Pennsylvania, Charlene Bauer gave me some great lessons while helping me navigate Hell's Revenge. And she also hosted Ladies Off-Road Training, where I learned some great tips and proper protocol in winching, tire changing, and other recovery situations. And then John and Scott with Northeast Off-Road, Nora 4x4, which we interviewed Scott with um, Nora here on the show. So I've been on these trails with them and attended two off-roading driving and recovery classes. And they also have a driving school in New York, which, by the way, they have just opened up their new facility, and it looks absolutely amazing. Anyway, so I'm going to say I've learned from the best of the best. So here goes. These are my top five off-roading basics that I think I wish I would have known the first time I hit my trails, the trails when I was driving my um, Jeep Wrangler Sahara. So as you know, the Saharas come with those plastic side steps. So the first thing you need to do is remove those side steps prior to off-road use because they need to be removed so that you can prevent damage to your Jeep. And now I can attest to this because one of the first times I was off-roading, I did just that. My side step got pushed up from a rock and luckily we were able to push it back in place, but sometimes they can get pushed up so badly you can't even open your door. And I would have gotten my Jeep manual earlier and if I would have gotten my Jeep manual earlier, I would have read this and known this because this is mentioned as one of the first things in the Jeep manual. So um, anyway, get rid of those side steps before you go off-roading if you have a Sahara. Um, the number two item I wish I would have known about is simultaneous brake and th throttle operation, no also known as two-footed driving. Now, I wish I would have known this when I first went on off-road because I haven't got into the habit of using this yet. I have to keep reminding myself to do this. I might even have to put a sticky note on my dash to remind myself. Um, there are so many off-road conditions that require the simultaneous use of your brake and the throttle. So basically, you're going to put your right foot on the skinny pedal and you're going to put your left foot. I hope I got my left and right right anyway you put your left foot on the brake and like when you're climbing rocks going over raw logs um, or even up stepped objects you're going to want to use light brake pressure with light throttle to keep your vehicle from jerking or lurching and this is also a really good technique to use when you stop and restart your vehicle on a steep incline so even though you're taught not to do this in driver's training when you're a kid, anyway, I was many years ago, this is how you should drive when you're off-road. Keep that foot on the brake and the other foot on the gas. Um, another good tip that um, the guys at Nora Off-Road told me is to maintain a good driving posture. Keep yourself, the, your body, in line with your seat. So when your Jeep goes off camber, don't try to be straight in your seat. You're going to want to turn with your Jeep and keep both hands on the wheel and a firm grip on your steering wheel and keep that great driving posture. Even when you go off camber, you want to keep control of your vehicle. You want to become familiar with what it feels like and it will give you a better feel for when you're in those off camber situations and help you control your Jeep better. 
Okay, airing down your tires. This is a must to give you a bigger footprint while you're out on the trails, in the sand, on the snow. And when you do air down, you need to be aware of your air pressure when you're off-road. So reduced tire pressure can cause tire unseating and total loss of air pressure. And to reduce the risk of tire unseating while at a reduced tire pressure, you need to reduce your speed and avoid sharp turns and abrupt movers, maneuvers. You want to take it slow. You're not going to want to speed up and over those rocks. Um, unless you have bead locks, I guess then maybe you would be okay. I don't know. I don't have bead locks. Maybe someone else knows about that. But anyway, when you reduce your tire um, PSI, just be careful when you're out there driving. And my last item is get yourself a Jeep manual. If you've never gone off-roading, if you just have your Jeep for the first time and you're thinking about going off-roading, there are a lot of great tips on how to off-road in certain situations like crossing water, large rocks, hill climbing, etc. These are really good information to keep in the back of your mind when you're off-roading. And I wish I would have had some of this stuff um, before I even hit the trails. I would have been better educated. And if you want to get your manual, you can contact Jeep. Um, I got mine just by going on their um, contact page and sent them an email through their contact page. So, Tony and Josh, as you know, here on the East Coast, we're gearing up for what the Farmer's Almanac is calling a harsh winter, and that means it's time to get your Jeep ready by winterizing it. So, next week, I'm going to be sharing some tips, five of them as a matter of fact, that I use to get my Jeep in shape for the snow and ice-filled roads. Tammy, don't we normally wait till February before we talk about winterizing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just talking That's, about this is great because well, this is actually you, before, before yeah, winter. Yeah, before no, this, yes. no, we're actually talking about it before winter gets here. This is this is great right. thinking ahead. So that, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, planning. All planning. <laughs> that's what I, I like, maybe I should plan. Tammy, uh, speaking of planning, I, I'm glad you brought up or mentioned the International Four-Wheel Drive Trainers Association. Um, an invaluable source of information. In fact, if anybody, is, if it's in their cards uh, to take some classes with uh, IFWDTA, then I would highly suggest it, highly recommend it. And if you think that, well, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing out there. You know, I've been out a few times. I've been a Jeep owner for many years. I, you know, I, I've been out on a few trips. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm comfortable with my Jeep and whatnot. Head over to the Facebook page for International Four-Wheel Drive Trainers Association, and you can see how very easily somebody can have a situation go from oops to, oh my God, very very quickly mm -hmm. and they their, their first two videos that they have up there um here in the first week or second week of october are videos that made me put my hand in my mouth i mean absolutely borderline horrific uh what they are showing there what can go wrong when you're out on the trail and and just simple things that can really make all the difference in the world so uh tammy thanks for for mentioning uh, them and, and a valuable source of information and and really you know kind of pointing out the fact that regardless of how long you've been wheeling, a little information uh, definitely can help you go a long way. And I thought I'd point this out. Um, you know, Tammy, when you were talking about the Jeep manual, uh, I thought you were talking about the owner's manual. And, of course, you, you talk about how you can order the manual from Jeep. Uh, you're actually talking about a, uh, a thicker book type thing uh, from Jeep that you ordered separately. Right. It's like the full-blown – it's probably what um, – six inches by three inches um 
and it's just the little Jeep. It's not, you know, what you normally get. Mm-hmm. It's um, when you buy this your is car. A, 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 a user manual, right? Versus right. the owner's they, manual. Yes. This is a yeah, user manual. You, yeah, it's yeah. not what comes with the Jeep. And I just wanted to point no. that out. And uh, you keep this in the bathroom so you can uh, keep up with the reading yes. on it, right? Because yes, it's, it's I, a nice I big thick thing. Yeah. <laughs> it shows you how to use all the little buttons in your Jeep. It tells you, shows you how to change a tire, how to change your, where your fuse box is, where, how to change your fuses and just everything about every little thing about your Jeep. A lot of things that you would see in the owner's manual, but in, in more detailed format, right. I would think. Can, yeah, I, can I go down a little rabbit trail that's totally related to this? Totally related? Of course. Totally, completely related, it's, in fact. This is another lame totally uh, re- renegade no, no, no. in the mud terrain thing. And absolutely, I assure you, nothing to do with the Honda. <laughs> <laughs> no, and actually, this one, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking more to uh, our military friends out there, anybody who's in the armed services and whatnot. Um, I believe it is uh, in the Marines Training Manual, uh, the section under BDAR, B-D-A-R, or Battle Damage Assessment Recovery, um, has what I would consider probably the most in-depth information on how to recover a vehicle from virtually any situation whatsoever. Uh, I, I thought I, I knew you know, some stuff about rigging and recovery and, and whatnot, taking a couple of classes. Uh, reading the Battle Damage and Assessment Recovery Training Manual uh, for the Armed Services uh, opened my eyes to a whole nother level of vehicle recovery techniques. So um, anybody out there who, who's in the military who has access to this kind of training literature, uh, and you're interested in reading something that you may not have otherwise known about, um, highly suggest it. Very interesting reading. Uh, and it even comes with some cool pictures, too. So, yeah. That's really neat. I've never heard anything about that. Yeah, it's uh, unless you're kind of in the know, that's not something that the general public is is kind of aware about. Um, but the information that is in there is publicly available, um, providing you can get your hands on it. I like to get the one from Area 51. You know, I'd, oh. I'd be killed afterwards, mm-hmm. but still it'd be fun reading. If your UFO gets into a high <laughs> off-camber situation and right. you lose traction. <laughs> Here's what you do. Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, Nikki G is at Walmart. <laughs> Yikes. Still or asked to leave? Well, I guess we'll just find uh, out. We'll, we'll find, find out. out. <laughs> you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, last week, we started talking about power steering systems and, and how to troubleshoot a leak in the system. We went over the components in the system that are actually capable of leaking and you know what they do and a few tips and tricks about some upgrades to do along the way. Today, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the hoses of your power steering system and, more importantly, how to tell if you have a hose that's on its way out or has already started posing some problems. Now, the hoses on our power steering systems are not unlike the hydraulic hoses you see on something like a bulldozer, for instance. It's a thick rubber hose with formed metal ends on it that sometimes may have a pre-bent metal line forming uh, before the terminating end in the connector. And then that attaches to either the pump or the steering box and is, uh, you know, what provides the fluid transfer from one part part to another. Now, these are typically vehicle-specific, and are rarely is there ever a universal fit that will work just as good on a Toyota as it does a Jeep, for instance. And because of that, we have various manufacturers of hoses that implement slightly different manufacturing techniques and materials. Jeep power steering lines are engineered to withstand the rigors of off-road use. After all, our Jeeps were meant to go off-road. But that doesn't mean that time, heat, cold, vibration, or friction can't cause a failure. 
And it's these that cause the most failures and not those big tires. Now, granted, the more mass you're trying to move with that stock system, the harder that system has to work. And the most common points of failure on power steering hoses is the point where the metal filling, metal fitting rather, meets the rubber hose. That's true. Hoses can crack or sometimes get too close to a fan blade or a header tube or you know something like that. But those are those, but those fittings, however, are, are typically crimped on the hoses. And that connection point where the rubber of the hose meets that metal of the fitting can and will, over time, vibration and use go bad. All it takes is a pinhole separation on the high pressure line to suddenly fill your engine bay with burning power steering fluid as it sprays all over your exhaust manifold. If you are ever unfortunate to go through a major hose failure like that in your power steering system, well, the first thing to do is immediately turn off the engine. Power steering fluid is essentially hydraulic oil and can be flammable in certain situations. In any case, you don't want to try and limp it down the mountain. If this were to happen, well, more likely it's going to be end with you rolling down the trail in a cloud of smoke and flames. Now, there are several items out on the market that can help you get you up and running, though, if you have a power steering system failure or a hose leak out on the trail. Sure, a half a roll of electrical tape and a few burnt fingertips might get the job done. Ask me how I know. But the best trail fix for a leaking power steering hose is what's called self-fusing silicone tape. These are seen at trade shows or sold by companies like Permatex, Loctite, and Flexseal. And they all pretty much do the same thing. And despite costing way more than any other roll of tape that you will ever buy will cost, this stuff can literally be a lifesaver. So if you don't already have a roll, get one today. Leaky hoses don't seep for very long before they spring a leak, so you're likely not going to be getting much warning before something like this happens. So the best thing to do is a solid visual inspection on a regular basis, and maybe even once or once every year or two, I'll pop them off you know, for a cleaning and more thorough inspection. Cleaning up the metal connections keeps dirt and grime from working their way in, and a rag with some silicone spray on it can condition those hoses to give them some extra life and, well, give them a little bit of luster as well. This will give you the opportunity to flush that power steering fluid out and swap in some synthetic fluid for better performance. And speaking of performance, the hoses in your system can and likely should be upgraded if you're entertaining the idea of going with some aftermarket components like a hydraulic ram assist or an underdrive pulley or high-performance pump. Now, all of these aftermarket components will increase the line pressure, and those old hoses with 150,000 miles on them now probably isn't the best solution. Now, the leader in power steering upgrades for Jeeps, PSC Motorsports, has a whole line of aftermarket hoses for our Jeeps that can handle virtually anything you throw at them or push through them. If you're a little more into the designing it and making it yourself angle, well, there are a ton of sources for AN kits that can completely transform your system into a race-like work of art. Now, if you got the coin for that, that is. Now, here's the bottom line. You likely won't catch a leak in your hoses early. So be on a diligent lookout for signs of excessive wear, chafing, or worse, a bubble or a blister on the hose itself. Now next week we'll be getting into the pump and reservoir a little bit more to talk about what else you can do to improve the steering in your Jeep. Josh, I don't know if you remember this from uh, this post. I think it was on xjtalk.com that I saw it. Um, somebody had a uh, had a problem with their uh, heater core, and uh, they live in the, in the east or up north someplace, so they really needed a heater. And what they did was they ran the heater hoses uh, to the back seat of the Cherokee and cut holes in the floor to run those hoses up to a, a, a unit that had a basically electric fan and uh, w- basically would was putting the heater core inside the cab of the Cherokee. 
and it was nice and warm. But you know, when you were talking about spraying uh, hot oh. uh, power steering fluid everywhere, yeah, <laughs> can you imagine no. popping a hose oh. in the middle of the cab of your Cherokee? Oh, good lord! I mean, that'd be second, third degree burns. Yes. Oh, that would just be horrible. Yes, because that's it, a that's that's a system under pressure, and so uh-huh. that that's that's hyperheated, superheated oh, fluids yeah. that's yeah. beyond the boiling point. I mean, that's. Oh man, to get on your skin at that point under pressure, jeez, yeah. So uh, yeah, don't don't do something <laughs> like that, and, and uh, you know, don't route your power steering hoses through the cab of the vehicle either. That, yeah, that's probably just a bad idea. <laughs> just because they're nice, and you don't want somebody to steal them, you don't need to keep an eye on them when you're driving. <laughs> well, hey, is there anything that you guys would like to add to this conversation, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk? Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contact and send us a message. Extreme Terrain is at it again with back-to-back, week-over-week, throttle-out episodes featured on the Jeep Talk Show. Their latest episode titled The Jeep Off-Road, The Jeep Off-Roading Recovery Gear and Techniques You Need to Know features some of the top off-roading gear and recovery techniques you absolutely should be aware of to prevent you from getting stranded. In this episode of Throttle Out, Extreme Terrain host Ryan Huck visits Roush Creek Off-Road Park in Pine Grove, Pennsylvania with the camera crew, some recovery gear, and a couple of JKs to demonstrate and discuss the types of tools and recovery techniques you'll need to make on your next off-road excursion a safe and fun one. Shiny side up, from D-rings to snatch blocks to recovery jacks and more, this Throttle Out episode from Extreme Terrain covers it all. Or should we say recovers it all? You can view this video from the links in today's show notes on Jeep Talk Show or at extremeterrain.com slash throttle out October 2018. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. Hey, I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Jeep, Jeep Talk, Talk Show. Show. A nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. So last week, Don from Dirty Acres Custom Grill Inserts uh, gave us a bright, shiny new grill to give away, and uh, some people had to call in and uh, say a special phrase. No more naked radiators. 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 I just wanted to let you guys know that the podcast rocks. Again, love you guys. Love what you're doing. Keep going strong. Love your show. Well, our first caller was Sebastian. How's it going? My name's Sebastian. I just want to say I love your show. Um, I watch it all the time, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to the grill inserts. I want to say hashtag no more naked radiators. I'm trying to cover mine up, trying to get it, you know, protected, get a nice insert in there. So I want to join the movement, hashtag no more naked radiators. Again, love you guys. Love what you're doing. Keep going strong. Love your show. You guys have a blessed and amazing day. See ya. Love you too, Sebastian. Hey, and thanks to everyone that called in to win the grill insert from Dirty Acres Custom Grill Inserts. Now, I don't know if you noticed or not, but Sebastian said he watches us every week. 
watches us. Now, this is an audio-only podcast. I was going to say, we haven't been doing video uh, live, especially live video, uh, for, for quite some time now. And so I, I noticed that, too. I picked up on that. I was like, wait a minute. How is Sebastian watching us? Is is he like NSA or something? What's going on here? Well, you know, Sebastian. He's probably watching on YouTube. <laughs> Sebastian call, called in just, I think, like 30 minutes after I published the show last week. Wow. So that's why he was our winner and our, our first caller. And, you know, last week we were trying to give people an insight about how to, to get in first so they could win some of these great giveaways that we're, we're going to be having here in the future. And uh, I asked him, I said, uh, hey, how did you uh, how did you get the show? Because, uh, you know, he called in so quickly. And he said he, he watched it on YouTube. Oh, now, I got my private satellite there, and it's tuned right <laughs> into you guys. So uh, the, the video on YouTube is actually uh, published uh, uh, through Lips and our publisher, uh, but it's just a, 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 a static image uh, of the show. It, it, there is no video with it. It's just audio. But he subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Show. And the cool thing is, is when you subscribe to that, you get notifications. So he got notified whenever the, the, the video was put up automatically, and he went over there and watched the video. But really, he was just listening to it because there's nothing to see except that, that standard image. And uh, that's how he was able to, to get in and win. So even though we were telling people how they could uh, get the app and uh, do all that stuff uh, and, and get in there quickly, here's a way that you can actually get notified uh, that the, the, show, the new show is available and get in there and win. Look at Sebastian setting the bar high, man. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, boys and girls. We're going to be talking with Mike Heath. Uh, he is the Atlantic Division Director at True Patriot, Inc. Uh, he has uh, 15 years active duty military service, multiple deployments. Mike is a true patriot. You can find out more about True Patriot, Inc. at truepatriotinc.org. Mike, thank you very much for your service. Now, if you guys re remember Mike Heath's name, that's because we interviewed him, or at least I interviewed him because, uh, as I always say, Tammy was off slacking. Uh, back on episode 347 uh, in, uh, in August, about the end of August. And, uh, but Tammy is with us here tonight. And uh, Mike, thank you, uh, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. All right, Mike. Now, you specifically wanted to come back uh, on the show uh, because you had so much fun last time. Is this correct? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a great time. I mean, how can you not when you're talking about Jeeps? Uh, there you go. That's an excellent answer. Yep. There you go. So, but we want to make sure we get this information out first thing in the interview. Uh, you came in for a specific purpose tonight because you wanted to talk about uh, a run that's coming up. That is correct. So, uh, here on November 9th and 10th, we will be, when I say we, obviously, True Patriot, we'll be doing our, our eighth annual uh, Uari Veterans Day ride. And that is our biggest event of the year. Uh, not only is it a fundraiser for us, but we but we have opportunities built in that during the event we can give back to veterans and thank other veterans for what they have have done as well as as carrying forward from there being a fundraiser that helps carry us through the next eight to twelve months and conducting 
future events with veterans. Excellent. And now, uh, not everybody went back and listened to episode 347, or maybe they're, they're new listeners and uh, they haven't uh, listened to, uh, didn't hear the previous interview. Give us an idea what True Patriot is and, and, and why this is a thing that people need to be involved in and, and donating to. So True, True Patriot is a all-volunteer, veteran-founded organization for, for veterans. And we have four different programs. We have our Canine Comrades program, which, which we have partnered with a couple different, um, a couple different breeders and some, some trainers in different parts of the country in order to provide, to provide service animals to veterans with a service-connected disability. We also have our Vet Connect program that helps with veteran uh, job placement and uh, veteran-owned owned businesses. And then we have our Operation Operation Refit, which the biggest aspect of that is our Santa for Soldiers drive, which sends care packages downrange each year for Christmas. And with that, we have a uh, nomination list up on the website, a, a veteran or a uh, service member them, themselves or a friend or, or family, they can, they can go on and nominate someone who is deployed down range over Christmas will put together this care package and send it out to them, you know, and just, and that's just a little way of saying, you know, thank you for serving our, our country. And we, we realize and appreciate the sacrifice that not only you, you are making, but at that specific time of the year when people are wanting to spend time with their uh, loved ones. But then also our last program is our Patriot Therapy Program. And our Patriot Therapy Program, the easiest way to explain it is it provides outdoor adventure therapy to both active duty and veterans alike. Um, like I said, we're all volunteer, right? which, which means all of the money that we either raise or is donated goes directly back into the program. Uh, my, I don't have the exact number, but last year, uh, it was in the 90 percentile of everything raised went directly back into, into programs. Uh, if you want any more questions, you can look, or if you have any more questions about that, you can look on our website. You know, we've posted our financials for the previous two years, um, you know, it's being in our mind, being transparent, uh, you know, lets everybody know where their money is going and that their money is actually going to help to help a veteran. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out because that's always very important to me. You hear these uh, horror stories of uh, uh, big name organizations uh, giving 10 cents out of every dollar. Uh, that they uh, that's donated to them uh, to actually get to the the people that's is trying to help and I don't know about you Mike but I always kind of feel like I was shafted in that and in those kind of deals and uh, so I think it's really good that you mentioned that ninety uh, percent uh, of the money or thereabouts uh, go check out uh, truepatriotinc.org uh, uh, for the specific information. Hey Mike, yeah, I'm gonna and yes. Uh, no, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was gonna say you know. 
um, the reason why, you know, so much of the money goes directly into the programs, right, is because as a veteran myself, still being active duty, you know, and having five deployments myself, there are there are things that even, you know, I deal with, even though I'm still in, but, you know, and that's what drives, that's one thing I want to point out about our organization. It's what drives every single one of our volunteers, whether it's me, our president and vice president, or just the volunteers that want to come and support us is that, you know, even though none of us are getting paid monetarily, we get paid emotionally and mentally by helping other people who are struggling. And in doing so, that helps us. Um, I wanted to go back to your event in four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Can people, just a regular jeeper, come and sign up and I'm assuming do the trail rides at Uari? They can. Uh, so you don't have to have any type of special rig. Uh, we will have people who are who are intimately f- familiar with the forest itself, right? Because we get people that aren't necessarily that familiar with the forest who come out to the ride. Then we've also received uh, from we've also received permission to access two private pieces of, of property, uh, and they are. Big Creek and Grand Grand Overland District, and we have trail guides that will take will take people out on a moderate to advanced ride and an easy to to moderate ride on both uh, November ninth and tenth on both of the, of those properties. So there's four private trail rides on those properties, and I can tell you we've taken vehicles through there. We've taken a a stock Jeep Wrangler. We've taken a stock Jeep uh, Renegade through there. They're up to you know we've had uh, had had Casey Curry out there on 37s during the first year of of 36 hours. Uh, so it doesn't really matter what what your build is if you have an off road vehicle. And you want to get out there with other veterans and patriots, you are most certainly welcome. Come out and join us. And another question I had is I know there are events all over the country where Jeepers can come and volunteer their Jeep and their driving, and um, you, you take veterans with you as part of the ride. Is this that type of thing too or is this just a ride for whoever wants to come out and ride and the money goes to your your organization so uh just so yes uh like last year we 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 did we provided um it was a very small amount of open seats to veterans who did not have an off-road vehicle but wanted to go out um and you know we had, geez, we probably had 50 or 60 uh, open seats uh, last year that that weren't used, and so really we're hoping this year that we'll we'll have, you know, we'll have all those seats and then some that are filled with veterans and active duty who just don't have an off-road vehicle 
but want to come out and, and join us. And people can still sign up for this event, whether they want to be in a yes. seat or they want to be behind the wheel. Okay. And they just go to your website and sign up there. Exactly. Yep. And, and you know, if they uh, if they're not sure if they're going to be able to make it or not, and they want to show up the day of, they're more than welcome to to show up the day of. We will most likely still have a uh, few open seats, or you know, we'll we will find a way to to get them out. And then another question: You said that there's they're going to open up some trails um, that aren't normally open to the general public. Is that what I understood? That is correct. Uh, so Big Creek and Grand Overland District, they are both a private property. Um, so if you look up uh, Big Creek Rocks, uh, R-O-C-K-S dot com, or Grand Overland District dot uh, com, uh, you can find out more, more information specifically about those properties, but both of them are private properties uh, that have have several miles of off-road trails. I'm not quite sure what the uh, exact the exact number is per each. Mm-hmm. So this would be a great opportunity for someone who you know has been to Yuwari a lot and you know has been on all the trails there, but wants to try something a little different, so they could come to your event and get some trail, get some time on some trails at you know, they normally wouldn't be able to. Mike, what, the angle she's going with here is she's collecting those little Jeep trail badges and she's thinking she can get more <laughs> no. d- these different trails. So, <laughs> so don't tell her that that doesn't count for Jeep. <laughs> no, I was, I was saying, because, you know, like if you go to Iwari on any other day, you can't get on these trails. Yeah, no, it, 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 that's no. a great thing uh, to be able to do, if, especially if you've gone to Iwari a lot. It, uh, go someplace where right. other people haven't gone. Mike, did I understand you correctly that you, you had 50 to 60 seats unfilled last year, so you had uh, that much room for uh, for uh, the military veterans, and uh, uh, you just you just didn't have enough enough bodies for the seats. That is correct, you know. But what I really want to highlight on that though is is that is the number of seats that we had of available, right? That is. And that's a combination of other veterans, whether they're active duty or they're retired, um, or they've ETS, or 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 just a patriot that wants to support and thank another veteran. All these people just offering up, you know, an open seat. You know, they they walk up and be like, Mike, hey, you know, it's just me today. I got three open seats. If you got any veterans that want to go out with me, um, and that's and that's probably the greatest thing about this event is just um, is just how welcoming everybody is and um, the appreciation of of what people have sacrificed for other for, for other Americans. Yeah, I, well, m- the main thing I wanted to point out was not the negativity that you had more seats to fill than when you had bodies, but there may be some folks out there that go, ah, oh, I'd go, but, you know, I don't want to go out there and not be able to ride, to stand there uh, like an idiot, not have anything to do, And but but I'm just pointing out, go, <laughs> because they had plenty <laughs> of seats, so get out there had, and yeah. uh, enjoy it. Yes, we had, we you know, we had plenty of seats. 
Um, I think last year we had, as as for the private properties, we had maybe uh, maybe four uh, four open vehicle slots. Um, and last year, and each previous year was only a one day event. This year, it's a two day event. Um, if you've been to you are a lot of times, even if you've been to the other properties, one thing that is new uh, about this year is we have so the uh, the events the event center where uh, where this will be held has a vehicle obstacle course on it, Ooh. and yeah, <laughs> and generally you can only go on this vehicle obstacle course if you take a 101 off-road course through Overland Experts. Well, um, with the relationship that I have with them, I have got, I've been able to get them to agree as long as I have a certain number of safeties out there that, uh, that people can, can also use this vehicle obstacle course to kind of, to kind of test, uh, to kind of test their vehicle. And I mean, that's been a, a huge request for the last couple of years and you know we finally got it to come to uh fruition good job on that now um i kept thinking well well, it'd be great to have an actual tank out there but i'm sure you guys don't have anything like that yeah (laughs) let's take the tank out i think the the tank would be way too big (laughs) so the i want to ask you if if somebody wanted to volunteer and say they had a really filthy mouth and they screamed a lot when they were driving their jeep would would that person Mm -hmm. still be uh, welcome to be uh to be a driver I don't. I don't swear anymore. I've got no swear any less. No. <laughs> you can ask Nikki G. I did really good when I was at URI. <laughs> of course, you know. So I mean, just because, just because they're, you know, just because, uh, because they swear, it doesn't mean that they're going to be the only ones. Yeah, um, right. Well, it is military service. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure all those vets have heard all the words that I've that have come out of my mouth. Now, this isn't exclusively <laughs> a a Jeep event, correct? I mean, if somebody wants to come out there and say a Toyota or a Renegade, uh, they could uh, they could bring those out. Of course, of course. Um, last year, I think we had we had like one we had like one Defender out there, one Xterra. Um, a few, a few forerunners, a few Tacomas, um, you know, and on that is it's not just open to just to, uh, to just veterans and active duty as well. It's completely open to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a family friendly event. So, you know, anybody who wants to get outdoors with us and thank a veteran is more than welcome you see that tammy family friendly that means watch your mouth if you're going Mm -hmm. i'm getting i've gotten a lot better tony (laughs) (laughs) i really want to get back out to uari though um and do some of the trails that i didn't do and now i'm like extra um wanting to go out there because of these other trails that you don't normally get to go on Mm -hmm. well you need to go out there and uh, if nothing else uh, hand uh, mike a nice shiny new uh, jeep talk show sticker Oh, there you go. Well, Mike, Definitely. you know how the kids love the social media these days. How can uh, how can people find you, uh, True Patriot Inc., etc., on the social media? 
also on Facebook under True Patriot Inc. And then Instagram, also under True, True Patriot Inc., but then also on, on Instagram under Patriot Therapy. Excellent. And of course, the website is uh, truepatriotinc.org. Uh, go over there, uh, get involved, donate, and uh, go out there uh, to uh, your Rory and tell uh, Mike you heard him on the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show. Definitely. <laughs> well, Mike, you, uh, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. And uh, I really do appreciate all this stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, and I probably said this last time, but I'm going to say it again. I think my favorite part would be the canine comrade program. Just, you know, you got to pet the doggy. It doesn't, doesn't matter. There's a dog. You got to pet it. Got to play with it a little bit. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. to ask. I forgot yeah. to ask um, how Team Patriot did in the 36 hours of URI. Well, so the most important thing is uh, they they completed the event. They <laughs> they did not win, but they completed the the whole the whole event. And which I hear is empowered. extremely extremely um, taxing and hard and exhausting. It is, um, you know, uh, the first two years um, there were people who did not finish. Um, this year there was, uh, there was one of the team members, um, who was not able to, to, to compete in, uh, one of the special events that was designed, uh, in memory of a friend of ours that we lost from the community earlier this year. Um, and so, and so that the team would yes they they lost points but so that they would still be there at the end uh they were allowed to uh, to 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 skip this one particular event because they were just they were too tired to go on yeah um a friend of mine went through it and she said it's the most exhausting thing most challenging thing she's ever done yeah it uh, well and you know it's so hot during that time Imagine, yeah. You know, even for the volunteers, it's it's just hot. It's uh, it's miserable. I mean, it's (laughs) what the first week of August. Oh, it's rough. Oh, wait, wait to sell it for next year, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. Well, Well, thank you, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we really do appreciate it. And and just like this time, uh, like I said last time, feel. Feel free to reach out anytime that you guys have something going on or something you want to talk about, and uh, we'll get you uh, or e- even some of the other uh, members at TruePatriotInc.org uh, right here on the show, and we'll be happy to talk uh, talk to them about it. Sounds good, Tony. Thank you. We definitely will. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Tammy. Well, i got to give big thanks again to Mike Heath for taking the time to once again sit down with us and talk about the amazing work going on with True Patriot Inc., and I couldn't really couldn't can't thank that company enough, man. They are doing some really great work out there. Yeah, it really, hey, you guys, really are. Do you guys have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be a guest here on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, we'd love to have you. Everybody's got a Jeep story, right? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Hey, coming up next week, Ben from Skull Crushers. Off-road. Ooh, that's scary. Skull crushers. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's what I'm talking about. 
Five dollars will buy you the whole seat, but you will only need the edge. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I figured I'd head on down to uh, Walmart and uh, interview some women and uh, see what they have to say oh about breast cancer. <laughs> what could possibly Excuse me, ma'am. Can I talk to you about your breasts? From me. Oh, my eyes, my beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's 86. To, uh, never to be loud on premises again. Oh. This is his favorite spot to get tinfoil, too. Uh, what's he going to do now? You know, you would have thought he would learn uh, from that uh, short time he, he spent in uh, county jail for uh, driving around the white panel van that said uh, handwritten. Uh, free breast examinations, a mammogram on oh, wheels. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, all serious, no, uh, though, uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, I, that is something that has uh, personally touched my family. My mom is a breast cancer survivor, actually a two-time cancer survivor, uh, only once breast cancer, thankfully. Um, so if uh, anybody out there wants to rock the pink ribbon this month, more power to you. Definitely appreciate it. And get your mammograms. It's not from Nikki G. <laughs> yeah, no. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Built for budding explorers, the Jeep Classic Wrangler 3-in-1 Activity Walker allows both beginning and more experienced walkers to choose their own adventure. The walker is designed to resemble the iconic Jeep Wrangler and showcases Jeep's legendary features like its 7-slot grille, round headlamps, and flat fender flares. Extremely versatile, this walker adapts to all your child's walking and playing needs. It can be used in the standard baby walker mode when your child is learning to walk, then in the push-behind mode when your child is a more experienced walker. It can also be used as a rolling toy jeep which makes the toy jeep tray well makes the toy tray with hands-on activities easily accessible as your child plays on the floor the toy tray features tons of interactive features that encourage imaginative play including a steering wheel that turns left to right realistic horn and engine sounds and a leaky differential plus turn signals that light up and the authentic sounds and lights encourage fine and gross motor skills when the toy is in the uh, car position, the walker seat converts into a toy box with the included mesh insert, and the super cool spare tire lid keeps messes out of sight. A must-have for diehard Jeep fans, the classic Wrangler 3-in-1 Activity Walker prepares your child for the off-road ahead by instilling confidence in their walking ability. Pretty cool, huh, guys? Uh, all for just 80 bucks, you get this thing, and uh, well, your, your little tyke is uh, rolling around in a Jeep before they can walk. It's their first ever Jeep. I think it yeah. looks really cool. And uh, for uh, extra authentic- authenticity, you can get the uh, the stick-on JL Flames. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the size of those tires. Those tires yeah. need to be upgraded. There's That thing needs a lift and some bigger tires. That Oh, no, immediately. I, I think that, you know, <laughs> pull the tires off the Barbie Jeep, slap them on this thing, get a little more oh, uh, yeah. rugged look cool. to it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> that is really cool, though, and especially if you're a Jeeper with uh, with a child. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, could, I could see a couple of our listeners getting one of these right away, in fact. <laughs> well, now that you guys must have one of these Jeep 3-in-1 Walker play sets, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 354. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. 
Oh, I love the smell of uh, I love the smell of a campfire, Josh. It's just something yeah, about well. why does the smoke always follow you around? And no matter where you stand, it's uh, the smoke always comes to where you are. Yeah, some people say it's because I uh, I live in Oregon and there's a lot of heshers around here. But uh, you know what can you say? Uh, now I uh, recently sold my old Honda. Thank God that thing is out of my life. Uh, last, last week I, I sold the five times stolen Honda Accord that uh, has plagued my driveway. Uh, and uh, I end up getting myself another Honda Accord. Uh, Actually, re- yes. Refresh the audience. What color was it? The old one was green. <laughs> it looked black to me. No, no, definitely green. <laughs> definitely. In fact, a very faded uh, green is is uh, had that uh, late '90s Honda clear coat issue that uh, they oh, were yeah. so uh, so famous for. I uh, got a picked up a newer Honda Accord uh, used. I, I'm really a big fan of the Honda Accords, just primarily for reliability reasons. Um, but uh, as far as a daily driver, uh, and with a 40 mile one way commute, uh, I need something that's uh, you know pretty uh, comfortable to drive as well as fuel uh, economic on the fuel. Uh, the car I picked up, however, uh, unbeknownst to me, was owned by a very heavy smoker. And, oh, uh, oh yeah. So the interior is like a wet ashtray. Um, I mean, outside of that, I can't, I can't really complain. Um, but that smell is, oof, that it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, and I've, I've dealt with detailing cars in the past and, and I've, I've got some things that I'm going to try. Uh, but this weekend, I'm just, I'm just going to empty a bottle of Febreze into this thing. I've I've got some something else I'm going to try as well. Uh, it involves you know positive and negative ions and, and things like that. Uh, hopefully that can get the, that to do some work as well. But if I can't get rid of this uh, this this cigarette smell enough, I'm just going to end up flipping this car. I likely may do that anyways, uh, just because uh, primarily this thing's an automatic and and I'm really a stick shift kind of guy. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with that. Well, Josh, you know, I have an idea. I have top five different ideas that you can do to get rid of the smell in that car. <laughs> Serious, <laughs> seriously. No, I was gonna say, if, if anybody, if anybody's ideas. got a top five list for me in regards <laughs> to this, it's going to be Tammy. And some well, of these ideas will also work on your towels if they smell really bad. Um, vinegar. Pour some vinegar in a cup or bowl and leave it in your car overnight. Or you could sprinkle, I don't know if this one has um, carpet or not, sprinkle baking soda, let it sit, and then vacuum it up. Um, Charcoal, you can leave a bowl of charcoal in your car for a couple of days and it will absorb the cigarette odor. And it's going to eliminate the smoke smell rather than just masking it like Febreze and all that will. Mm. Um, You could also cut up some lemons, limes, and oranges. Put it in your car for a few days and watch the smoke odor disappear. Um, or coffee grounds or cat litter can do the same thing. And you can take dryer sheets and rub them all over your seats. Now, not to be outdone, Josh, if you, mm. this is really simple, works 100%. If you get you a couple of cotton balls, a very wide, large rubber band. And in the same Febreze you were talking about, or even the, the lemons, limes, just anything you can think of, yeah. squirt right. squirt that into the the cotton balls. Okay. Place them in, notes here. Pl- place them up to your nostrils, and then put the nostrils. rubber band over the oh, cotton geez, balls, the back of your head. No, don't don't listen. <laughs> there to you go. No. And if you if no. you if you feel the urge to go <laughs> as you're driving, even better. <laughs> Works hundred percent. 100%. No, but I, I, I had to use vinegar and baking soda 
in our washing machine because you know that mildewy, moldy smell in your towels that mm. you get after. Anyway, it's it works. So um, I thought the carbon, I, I thought the active carbon is an excellent idea. I didn't even think about that because the, the, the carbon the really does. Yeah, the carbon yeah, really soaks that stuff up. Right. You'll have so. to uh, track down a source for that sort of stuff. All really good ideas, Tammy. And I've 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 heard of the activated charcoal thing before. Uh, that's that might be a long term solution. I don't know if I. I mean, like I said, this is pretty heavy cigarette smoke smell on right. this one. They were definitely a change, uh, definitely a regular smoker, and I, and it smells like they did it with the windows up. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, I don't know. Thankfully, there's but not just, any burns in the interior, but, uh, oh, but the good. smell has got to go. So. I may, I may. Just do it. We, we got some all. nice weather here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, got some nice weather here for the next fruit. week or so. Um, I'm thinking about actually just pulling the seats out, pulling the uh, pulling the carpet out as well. I mean, it'll only take me, what, maybe 15, 20 minutes to get the seats out of that thing and, and pull the carpet out. Um, uh, and at that point, then I can just pressure wash it, <laughs> hang it up, let it dry. And I know that'll, that'll go a long way as far as getting that smell out. Well, this weekend, I'm going to be doing a bunch of videos. I'm going to be doing my um, winterizing video for uh, my YouTube channel. And I'm going to have to do a review video because a company called ProClip, um, they sent me their ProClip for the Jeep Wrangler to where it goes on my, my dash and I can hook my phone to it. Um, I can do, put a GoPro to it. So I'm going to open up the box and see how easy it is to install and do a little review. So that's my weekend. And I wanted to tell you guys, I forgot to tell you guys last week, you know, my husband traded in his um, Avalanche for a Mercedes. And I forgot to tell you guys, the seats have massagers in them. So if I'm not here for the show next week, I'm in the garage getting a back massage in the the Mercedes. Just remember, Tammy, it's embarrassing <laughs> if somebody comes in there and finds you uh, not sitting in the uh, seat yeah, properly. No. Uh, Shut up. Putting your, putting your back on the, the car seat <laughs> and your legs hung over the headrest. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> okay. open. Uh, okay. All you the, see is with, your limbs. With your, with your phone in front of you uh, scanning uh, Tumblr for yeah, those extra exactly. special pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, other, the other really, my face is beat red right now. I know you guys can't see it. Um, boy, I put my foot in that one, huh? Um, uh, the other cool thing is today he called me and he was trying to figure out how to, you know, how you can make your wipers go faster and slower. Well, he couldn't figure out where the little um, oh, I hate that. lever was for that. <laughs> it's like so, hide, hide the, the tools, right. hide the controls. Well, <laughs> you don't need it in this car. Oh, automatic. Up. Yeah. It automatically knows when it, it needs to speed up. And he called, pulls up behind this big, huge truck on the beltway and the water spray and whatever was getting heavier, and all of a sudden the windshield wipers just start going faster. Tammy, you know what this means, right? I bet you it has that same feature in the massage. So, oh, shut up. You won't have to adjust the speed. <laughs> no, yeah. um, but the weird thing is, is this vehicle is an older Mercedes. Like, I swear it's probably at least 10 years old. Oh, those German engineers, they engineer the hell out of stuff. So, yeah. Pretty cool. So, what model is it? Come on, you got to give us the. Tell us what the model I, number is. Is a a four fifty uh, SUX or something? I have no. I S five hundred. Does that sound right? I don't know. Eh, I we'll don't go know. with that. 
<laughs> there, there is a 500S or 500SL. SL. There was a 500SEL, but that was a that was way back in the day. Yeah, Mercedes, I, cool cars. I, I really don't know because my son comes home from CarMax every day. By the way, he loves his job. Mm-hmm. I, I've never met anyone who loves their job so much. Um, he wants a tire changer machine for Christmas because he learned how to use the tire changer machine. Anyway, he comes home every day. Mom, look at this. This is a 559 turbo blasted blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so there are... That's a that's a one hundred percent boy or young man there. That, oh, that, that's, yeah, no, he's he's got a great great job there. Being able to be, be exposed to that much car knowledge, being able to get hands on experience with all these other cars and whatnot, and 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 people interaction stuff. He's learning a ton of good stuff. Yeah, and and if he's actually genuinely getting excited about car stuff, yeah. that that's awesome. Now all we got to do is get him behind the wheel of a Jeep. How, how does he feel about he, standard transmissions, Tammy? I don't know. I don't. Oh, he's got to be able to drive a stick if he's if he's out there working. Oh, the oh yeah, no, he's they're teaching him there because he's got to, um, he's got to drive these. Once they get him off the transport trucks, he has to drive the vehicles to wherever they need to go, and then they got to wash them, and then they got to make sure they're ready for the person who buys the car. So yeah, he's he's actually being taught there. So I don't have to do it. Um, he, um, yeah, he he loves his job. I was going to say something else, but I forgot now. Josh, I, I know you'll uh, you'll agree with this. It's going to be a really sad day when you can't find a standard uh, standard transmission to drive around in. I mean, but less than less than five percent of all <laughs> vehicles made now uh, on the planet are manual transmission. But there, there's so much more fuel efficient. Of course, not when I drive one. But uh, I mean, if you no. if you're going to have a muscle car, <laughs> you got to have a standard. I mean, gotta you know. have a stick. Yes, I miss the stick. Um, I almost bought, when I traded in my Sahara, I almost bought a, um, the standard, but then I thought that would be just really hard off-roading, and I was still new to it. Um, by the way, Michael has driven more Jeeps than me, because he's driven Cherokees and Renegades and Compasses and oh my. Wranglers and, yeah, all of them, because they all come off the big trucks that's really cool does he have a uh does he have a a, a one he likes the most he doesn't like any of the jeeps yeah so <gasps> something wrong with that boy I know, I know. <laughs> he likes those little speed racer cars he likes to drive fast yeah those those are fun but if you're sitting in traffic it sure is nice to be able to sit up nice and high and uh and yeah. see what's going on so definitely well, I got a lot of nothing going on. Uh, just been driving my uh, my Jeep back and forth. Uh, had that little uh, issue with the uh, the Renegade getting caught in the uh, the tire lugs, and uh, that's really about it. Uh, haven't had any more uh, people running into me or anybody pulling in front of me and me running into them. Uh, but uh, I'm always hopeful. So, uh, hey, where are you, where uh, where are you at with your onboard air system? I still have I to run. You- I still have to run the power. I know that you were uh, you were doing like some line layout. You're kind of doing some mapping as far as how you wanted to route things and stuff like that. I didn't know if you had actually gone to the point of installation. I know you're kind of moving that direction, but I don't know if you'd actually gotten some airlines in and or done some mocking up as far as you know positioning and and stuff like that goes. Now the the biggest issue is and and running the line, running the power line is is really not that big a deal. Uh, I was just going to run it on the uh, the inside along the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The foot railing, the transition. Uh, keep mm-hmm. the keep the wiring inside, and run it there to the back where the uh, compressor and the tank and everything is. But uh, the the big nightmare is going to be pulling down the uh, the ten uh, toggle switch panel that I have on the roof 
of uh, the Jeep and w- wiring that thing up and getting the wire uh, set up uh, under the hood so that you know I can actually control the power to the uh, c- compressor with a switch. Right. So if it was just running the if it was just running the power cable, I would have already had that done because I mean you're talking an hour maybe to yeah. to run a single line. Oh, and actually, uh, I think I may have asked you this before, and I think this is perfectly fine. You know, it's uh, the the Via Air compressor that I have is a 20 amp max uh, current pull. So I've got the properly sized wire for the length that I'm going to be running, uh, and uh, but I was going I wasn't going to run a ground wire all the way back. I was going to use the body ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, you going your- to be an issue? No, as long as it's the same gauge of wire as your power wire, okay, um, okay. And, and keep it to you know a, a foot, yeah. to sixteen inches or less. You yeah, know? I was you just want, you want it to be right there. Short. Yeah, I was just going to have it right there, and I figured it was fine because the body is you know huge compared to the size oh, of the wire, so it should easily be able to carry the the other half of that twenty amps, uh, the return for the twenty amps. Oh no, a hundred percent. Good, absolutely good. Well, that's the direction I was going to go. Oh, I did get some really cool. Uh, are you familiar with Anderson uh, Pole? I think it's Anderson Pole uh, connectors. They're like quick disconnect uh, for for power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, they got real large versions of those for like quick disconnect. If you want to like mount a winch in the back of your Jeep, right? Oh, I, or am did, I thinking? Am I thinking of something else? Well, I, the, I know them from ham radio because a lot of people want to be able to pull their ham radios out, and the ham radios are usually one hundred watt transmitters, and they need at least uh, twenty or thirty amp uh, current ca- uh, carry capacity. And a lot of people use the Anderson poles for those that that type of connection. But apparently, uh, the Anderson poles have a, have a tendency to fall apart. I don't mean disintegrate, oh. but I mean disconnect. Uh, apparently, they, oh. they don't they don't stay connected very well. So somebody had posted on a uh, a ham site or maybe it was a ham page on Facebook about this uh, different kind of connector. And I and I apologize. I didn't. I wasn't going to be t- talking about this, so I didn't write anything down about this. But maybe I'll have it in the show notes. Uh, it's these uh, connectors uh, that are similar to that, but they they uh, they handle high current, and uh, they are solder type, no crimp. And uh, I was planning on using. I have a whole bag of them here because I bought some. I thought they were so cool. I'm going to be using a, a pair of these so that I can uh, uh, easily connect and disconnect the power uh, from the uh, from the onboard air system. Because uh, Josh, I'm sure you remember. Our listeners probably don't. I, I actually designed a rack. Uh, to sit in the back of the Jeep in the uh, in the cargo area that uses that uh, cargo rack uh, mount points, so I can literally just un- un- unscrew four uh, connections and pull the onboard air uh, system out in case I need to carry something like plywood or anything like that in the back of the Jeep, uh, and I need a way to easily disconnect. So you know, air is pretty easy to disconnect, but your power needs to be able to be disconnected as well. So I'm going to be using uh, I'm going to make it where it's uh, just pop, 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 and it comes right out. So make your um, make the pigtail that you're going to be mounting to the compressor side of things. So you're gonna you're uh, this is gonna be kind of tricky because you're you're gonna kind of go against what I had just told you um, a little bit ago as far as like uh, uh, you know lengths of wire and stuff like that go. Um, so you're gonna want about a three or four inch maximum pigtail coming off of your um, coming off of your your, your air compressor. Um, and then from there, you can have your 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 other end from your your vehicle side, and and that side will have your less than a foot long ground cable attached to ground there. 
Um, and then your power obviously going out, out to the battery and stuff like that. Um, but you want to keep that pigtail on the compressor side as short as you can while still making it, you know, easy to use and practical for storage and, and, and use and all that sort of stuff. And the reason for that uh, is because uh, you're going to start getting voltage drops and, and spikes and other things like that. If you if you start having a, a ground wire that's too long in there, um, I, I could just see it posing problems um, in the future if you if you start getting into heat cycle issues or, or things starts getting hot and starts drawing more of its maximum amperage rating uh, than it would during like a cold start or something like that. So um, I just you know kind of heat uh, heat a little bit of uh, of caution there when uh, when putting that system together with those connectors like that. And would you recommend a fuse? <laughs> or two <laughs> yeah no I, I i might actually consider fusing that twice um with the with the amount of because uh, that's going to be a long power run for a high amp system uh, now you're doing your math right and everything you're, you're going through you're, you're doing your homework and everything and and uh and getting the right gauge of power and i'm sure you're going to be smart in your in your run and everything like that as well um, but it might not be a bad idea to, yes, have a fuse at your power supply. Always you want to have your, your sources fused within about a foot of that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in your pigtail at your compressor end, maybe even having a redundant fuse back there as well. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I was definitely going to put it up there close to the battery. Uh, and yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that uh, might actually do that. You know, on a lot of the ham radios, or at least the ICOMs, they fuse both uh, positive and negative side of the run, which I thought was interesting. Well, yeah, um, you know, for instance, if your if your vehicle is struck uh, by a down power line or lightning or something like that, I mean, uh, it, it, voltage can can oh, go both ways, yeah. you know. So they're they're essentially protecting your ground plane. Yeah, it's, from it's, uh, from it, backfeed. It's a conductor, even if it's not uh, going, if it's not coming from the battery alternator, it still may be coming from another direction. So that's that's interesting. Never thought of that. All right, we've completely boarded our audience uh, all to all to heck. So I'm going to have to move on to some more exciting stuff, shall we? There's people taking notes, Josh. Uh, I know. This is There's good also stuff. People, I can I can I can see them drooling on their windows from here. I was going to pretend like I, I was just going to pretend like I was snoring, but I didn't know how stupid I would sound. I want to I want to insert some vibrating noises in the uh, the background. Yeah, Tammy, God, no. Tammy, oh. <laughs> pay attention. Oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this one, am I? <laughs> Hey, do you guys want to join in on the fun? We'd love to have you around the campfire. Well, just uh, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways that you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Hey, now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even your neck of the woods and let us know about your event. I know that uh, we're, you know, kind of in the middle of fall, winter's fast approaching and the, and the show season is kind of coming to a wrap up, but uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our Wheeling Wear form, and we'll try and do our best to get your event out on the air. Now, coming up, well, at the end of the month and beginning of next month, it's the big show, guys, the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association, or SEMA, show. Now, if you're into uh, you know automotive electronics or the aftermarket, well, this is definitely the show for you. October 30th through November 2nd, and of course, Las Vegas, Nevada. And we have the Garden State Jeeps presenting the 10th annual Jeeps in the Vineyard, November 10th at the Almathia Winery in Shimong, New Jersey. Shimong. Uh, <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Northwest Indiana Jeepers and Region Rides Magazine as well. They had a huge event on October 6th. I heard it was a huge success, and I completely dropped the ball getting the word out on that. And I won't fail you guys next year. So once again, shout out to Indiana Jeepers and Region Rides Magazine. And of course, if you guys uh, want any more information on these events or any others that we've talked about here on the Jeep Talk Show, 
just go ahead and visit jeeptalkshow.com. Uh, visit our website and uh, click the links here for this episode, and we'll have all the information you need. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to sh- like us and friend us on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Okay, put your left hand on a Jeep owner's manual and repeat after me. I state your name. Do solemnly swear to wave to each and every CJ and or Wrangler and or lifted Cherokee that I pass in sleep, snow, rain, shine, or the dead of night so long as I own my Jeep. Amen. Amen. Podcasting since 2010.